This is episode 16 of Ruminate, a show about what's on our minds. I'm Rob Lewis, and with me, as always, is Mr. John Voorhees. Good morning, John. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. I'm hanging in there. I'm a little little sick, and it sounds like you might be coming down with something, too. So... Uh, but the show must go on, as they say. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in today and, and talk a little bit about all sorts of stuff, I guess. Absolutely. This is actually the uh, the first show where when I've said good morning, it's been morning for both of us. Uh, oh yeah, just barely, right? Uh, yeah, I've got one <laughs> minute left of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we switched our clocks last weekend, which is never fun, especially now that we do it. Uh, we changed when we do it, do it a few years ago, I think, and so it got everybody even more messed up because we used to do it, I think, at the same time that Europe does. But now we've, we've got our own thing going, so it's like there's like a three-week difference or so. Yeah, I think we've got another week week or maybe two for us. So, uh, but yeah, so this is the one week where I get to record a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah, so we're we're five hours off right now. Okay, how about that? Yeah, it messes me up because I got I'm very I was very used to the you're six, you know, other people are other amounts. I was used to it, but now I'm not. Now I never know exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's easy to confuse. Easy to confuse me though. <laughs> So uh, and now it's the afternoon. So should we uh, should we get into follow up? <laughs> well, if we should now, it's it, it's tea time. Bring out the tea and let's get started. Absolutely. So um, I'm having coffee. You've got a note in here, John, that says I am an iPad hater, as in me. I referring to me, Rob. What did yeah, I? Rob what did I do? IPad. I think it was those tweets. I, for, I forget what your. God, now I'm. You know, this is the problem with doing this every two weeks. This was probably ten days ago. You were tweeting some very. Um, unpleasant things about the ipad yes i remember oh uh, yeah i remember what i tweeted i forget who got you going uh it was it wasn't uh, me it was, I don't... it was brian oh that's right mr brian yeah. hamilton um was asking me about ios and uh i think i i said something along the lines of i don't want to do anything on ios if i can help it um I think you might have said it was useless you might have, yeah yeah exactly I, I think i said useless for me uh, to, just to be clear on that, I didn't say it's useless all for right. everyone. I said it's useless for me. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fine. I guess. I mean, to each his own. I'm I'm uh, more open minded about these things than most people, but um, there's a lot you can get done on iOS still. I think I, I I've been using the Mac a lot more in the last couple of weeks, but I still do love those days when I can walk out the door with my iPad and use that um, to write and do other stuff. So. That's fine. I just wanted to clarify that I said for me it's useless, not All for right. everyone. So let's just put that to bed now. <laughs> you're you're baiting the haters. You're trying to get everybody out there uh, giving you a hard time. You you sometimes step right into it, Rob. I gotta say. Yeah, sometimes I do it knowingly. Um, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. You're baiting people, <laughs> which I kind of like. So I like doing that too. So what's this link that you put in here? The vision of Gov UK is to make government work for users. Sure. So we we spoke uh, in the in the pre-show last uh, last episode about government websites and and how the UK government website is actually good, um, right? And and this this post came out. I, I think it came out just just after we recorded the show, um, and it's just kind of an outline of what they're trying to do for it and uh, you know for the government website and uh, expanding it and stuff like that. Um, and I just thought it was quite interesting that they're really um, kind of transparent about what exactly they're trying to do with the site it's not like being hidden away um and things like that so you know they're kind of just looking for feedback and exa- and um kind of ideas and things like that yeah it is pretty unusual for a government website i'll, I'll grant you that 
yeah, kind of towards the bottom of the post, it kind of has five, uh, kind of five points that they're trying to uh, make sure the web website uh, hits. Um, you know, kind of easy to discover, make government uh, easy to participate in and open and things like that. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was quite an interesting post, uh, given given what we'd spoken about in the last episode. Yeah, well, what's what's amazing to me is that this is actually relatively short and clear too. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, I'm not used to that with government websites. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's well done. It's definitely well done. So yeah. But you said they they have outside contractors doing this, right? Or did they or not? Or did they just hire a bunch of web developers? No, they um they created their own agency. Uh, it's uh, government oh, government okay. digital services is the agency mm-hmm. in quotation marks. Um, you know they do work for the government, um, but they they sure. kind of you know they they work as the, as their own agency almost. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, any government is pretty big, uh, pretty big client. So having your own team of uh, developers makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Cool. Well, um, moving on. I thought maybe one thing we might talk about just briefly are Wikipedia apps because I reviewed one this week on Mac Stories, and it's the official Wikipedia app. It was and was. Um, pleasantly surprised to find that it's quite good now um i think both of us used to use uh an app called articles right uh yeah that's that's the only one i actually remember using um certainly i think when i got my first iphone which was the the 3gs um and you know you you know what it was like back then there's so few apps you could kind of just browse the app store and pretty much see quite a lot you know nearly everything um, and that was one of the ones where I went, oh, a Wikipedia app, I definitely need one of those. And if I'm <laughs> honest, I've never felt the need for one since then. Yeah, I, I don't use them, them a lot, but they are kind of nice to have when you need to look up, you know, just some basic facts or something. Um, Articles was developed by Sophia Teschler. She, I think, originally is from Germany. Um, she works on the UI kit team at Apple now. And I think her app took off in part because it was a, it was excellent. Um, it was good. It was fast. It was well designed, and the Wikipedia app, the official one, uh, which has been around for a long time, was really pretty awful for a, for a long time. And I, I'd say up until this most recent update that came out um, about a week ago, um, the new one is is much better than the old one. Uh, it's it's better designed. It's easier to navigate around. Um, it has it has an explore tab, which I. Normally, I mean, it's. I don't just go to Wikipedia to read, but if you do that, um, this Explore tab is pretty good because it it um, pulls in articles based on past searches you've done, as well as incorporates things like, you know, Wikipedia does a picture a day, an article a day, a random article a day, you know, that kind of thing, and it brings it all together in one tab. So it's kind of nice if you're bored and want to just read something about something. Uh, the Explore tab is a good way to do that. Yeah, I think the one thing that's always put me off, uh, while you were talking, I kind of realized uh, what put me off using a a Wikipedia app as opposed to just a website is that Wikipedia search is quite bad. Um, if you don't kind of hit the exact term for what you're looking for, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to get the result you want. Whereas going through Google and just you know sticking Wikipedia on the end of it, um, of, of your search term kind of always gets me the results that I want. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good. That is a good way to go about it. I'm. I don't. I don't know if the. I mean, I assume that the search on the app is no better than on the web. I didn't really check that out. Um, but 
what the Wikipedia app does is it tries to be a little bit, <clears throat> it tries to be everything to everybody, but it does a pr- and usually apps that do that aren't that great. Um, but I think they do a pretty decent job at covering the bases because they also incorporate search and they incorporate locations. So, you know, you can find articles for things that are nearby where you're located, that sort of thing. Um, because before I was using some other ones, I know, um, on the suite setup, Dot com, those guys had suggested that Wikiwand was the best Wikipedia app, and this was before um, the official one was updated. But um, that's a good one if anybody wants to try it. That one's very much search-based. It just opens to a um, to a search box, and you do your search, and then it's, um, it's pretty well presented and, and designed. And another one is... Um, that's location-based is called Curiosity. And this is one I know Jake Underwood had uh, reviewed this on Mac Stories, and I had never heard of it before. And it, it too, does a really good job of just kind of um, laying out articles that are around you. And, I mean, you got to live somewhere where there are Wikipedia articles. But, um, you know, I think most places, unless you're totally in the middle of nowhere, have at least a few. Um, it's good when you're traveling, good when you're going to a big city, that sort of thing. Find out information about the buildings around you and events and things like that. Yeah, I could definitely see how that could be useful if, uh, you know, if you're, tra- as you say, if you're traveling to a new city or, or even a new country or something like that, that'd be useful. Mm-hmm. So, um, so which one are you using then, John? Uh, you know, now you've kind of seen the, the new official app with the update and, and you've mentioned Wikiwand and Curiosity. Um, what, what are you using? All three of them. All three of them. Okay. <laughs> I have an app problem. You know that, right? Yeah. I have lots and lots and lots of apps and I don't use any of them a lot. Um, to be honest, but I think I would probably go to the Wikipedia one first, unless I was specifically, um, you know, if I was, if I really wanted something good and location based, I'd probably go to curiosity. I think if anybody loses out of these three, it would be Wikiwand for me. Yeah. I mean, I I guess if it's one of these things kind of like overcast and the official podcast app, I assume Wikipedia app, Wikipedia's app is free. Um, so it is that already gives it an advantage, even if it's slightly less good than the, these other apps um yeah you know certainly for for most people wikipedia is what it is you're not really so bothered about the extra features and things like that so uh yeah i mean i think the one thing about wikiwan that i don't like is that it, it it always opens up to a blank page with a search box i mean i would i would prefer to have some content there even if it's just my most recent searches because you may go, be going back and forth to different apps and come back to it and want to look up something that you I mean, you can get to that stuff but i think it would be better if they had some sort of continuity between times you use it yeah definitely cool so um i think that's probably about it for wikipedia apps um you yeah i think you so. told me to get a grip during the week um because i was getting a little bit overexcited about a banking app yeah, I, I'm not sure banking's a thing to get excited about, but I I, I kind of get it because you were signing up for a new banking service in the UK called Mondo. Is this UK only or is this elsewhere too? Yeah, it's UK only at the moment. Um, and there's there's a, a there's a small kind of uh, thing to note about this. That r- right now they are basically just a prepaid uh, debit card with a decent with an app. Um, they don't have a full banking license to be able to you know, deposit your wages or, or do direct debits, that kind of thing. Um, so right now it is just a prepaid card with a good app. Okay. So it's a little bit like, I mean, it's like a, a credit card that's pre, uh, you put the money on in advance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but they, <clears throat> they've mentioned a couple of times they are in the process of trying to get their banking license. Um, I don't know how easy that process is. Probably, I imagine quite hard. 
Um, yeah, no, I can see that. We we had something a little bit like this. Uh, it's still around called Simple, um, which I think is just in the U.S. At least last I checked, it was. Um, and I try I tried it for a little while, and it was it it, it was similar in in that it had a really good app and a nice website. Um, but at least at the time I tried it, it was still. Although it was a bank, it was officially a bank, it had some limitations that um, made me not want to get rid of my existing bank account. And at the end of the day, all I ended up doing was ending up, you know, I ended up with two bank accounts instead of one, which was more complicated in the end, even if simple was nice. Um, it, it was more of a hassle than it was worth, and I dropped it. Yeah, I mean, it, this is, to be honest, I just wanted to kind of try this out because it looks interesting. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's not really costing me anything other than the little bit of time to, you know, try, put some money on the card or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I was just interested to try it out, really, because they've got, they've got some features that blow my mind that standard banks don't seem to have. Like, if I spend money, I should be able to see that transaction immediately in my bank account. Um, right. And of course you don't. You get this, oh well there's there's five pounds gone from your account, but we can't tell you po- we couldn't possibly tell you where that's gone yet for another, you know, two or three days. Right. Um you know, so that in and of itself is, is kind of so mind blowing in terms of banks because none of them seem to do this. And and clearly they've got the capability to do it, they just choose not to. Right. Um, and I, I added a screenshot, which we'll we'll put in the show notes. And this was, I, I went to two different Tesco's yesterday. Um, and when I click on that second transaction, it, it tells me uh, how many visits or how many times I've been to Tesco, um, the average mm-hmm. spend. Um, you can see the location of every single transaction. Yep. Um, and, a, and you can add notes and take a photo of the receipt and categorize it under like groceries or, or you know, whatever you need to do. Um, did you categorize it or did it do that automatically? No, it did that automatically. Um, yeah, I would think so because they just know that Tesco is a grocery store. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, if I if I'd bought I don't know video games or something in Tesco, then I could you know recategorize it under entertainment, I guess, or something. Um, and you know, because because everybody yeah everybody goes to Tesco for video games. That they do they sell. I'm not sure if you know what Tesco is like in the UK, but they have. Video oh, games. It's a little bit like what? Yeah, it's a little bit like Walmart, right? Yeah, Walmart. Ex- exactly. They have video games. They have you know housewares, and some of them have furniture. So you know th- there is right. there is other things you could buy from there. But um, right. Amondo also pull up, pull in the uh, the retailer's logo and things like that for each transaction. So it's kind of yep. really easy to spot uh, wh- where you spent money, things like that. Yeah, no, that looks pretty cool. It definitely looks cool. I, I assume that you went to two Tesco's in one day because you were looking for a deal on plastic bags. Yes, John. Yes, I was looking for plastic bags. <laughs> and you, you'll be pleased to know that that, that that transaction in the screenshot did include 5p for a plastic bag. Oh, you didn't spend 28 pounds on plastic bags? I did not. Okay. All right, just checking. That would be a lot of plastic bags. But there would be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and they also have an API as well, which is something that, none of the the, the the normal banks have um presumably hmm. for security concerns because they if they were to build an api they're building that on a legacy system i, I mean i i dread to think what a bank you know something like hsbc what their software's like because i can only imagine right. it's legacy system on top of legacy systems um so for them to build an API yeah. is, is kind of quite hard but for obviously for mondo they've built this from the ground up so they've built it with the api in mind I worked at a bank for a while, and I used and I used to get just temporarily, and I used to get files sent to me, and um, 
they were always the, 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 the file names are only eight characters because that's all they could be because the <laughs> legacy systems were so old. Yeah, that, that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like I say, although it's just a prepaid card at the moment, um, it's just interesting to see what a modern new bank could look like um, and, and what they're able to do. I think it's interesting there's an API, so you could actually go out if you wanted to and maybe you could write your own, you know, I don't know, um, budgeting software and you could pull in all the information from Mondo and, and automatically and, and categorize it and things like that, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, hack, uh, Mondo have actually been running a few uh, hackathons recently um, just to get people working with the API and beta test and things like that. You know, just the fact just the fact that they do something called a hackathon is probably puts them ahead of most banks. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, but I know I've seen from those like people have built like you know Apple TV apps with like nice graphs and things like that. I mean, maybe the Apple TV is not the place for it, but it's kind of just a good example of, of what you can do with this kind of thing. Yeah, huh? That's interesting. Um, and and I was talking to uh, Mike about this, and he mentioned another bank in the UK that's possibly coming soon um, called Ah called atom bank um and uh I, th- I think this is from people who used to work at uh, hsbc i believe um mm-hmm. but, uh, and they already have a banking license uh, so they're kind of a little bit ahead of mondo there um but they are they're allegedly launching this year um so that'll be another one that i'll certainly keep an eye on and, and see what they're doing over there yeah, there there have been several attempts to do this in the U.S. too, and most of the time it's that uh, regulatory aspect that trips people up. At some point, you know, it's almost as though the bank regulatory system is designed to make banks the way banks are, the way we don't like them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so they they don't they're unable even though they have the technology to kind of cut through that red tape, um, the regulators don't let them, and and they end up being too close to what existing banks are like and then no one wants to use them yeah definitely i mean as you say it'll be interesting to see what you know mondo get up to in a year maybe or or atom um but as you say maybe the regulations just make it so the banks have to be like this and there's no choice really yeah well maybe they're more flexible in the uk so hopefully you'll end up with a good uh you'll end up with a good banking situation with a bit of luck yeah yeah good so um you've i believe you've you've written up uh just the changes and things like that for the what's coming in the apple event on monday um you're writing that up for for mac stories is that right yeah some for some of the stuff i mean um you know when this episode releases will be just hours away from the apple event on march 21st and um you know we're getting ready for it at mac stories um we got it everybody's kind of taken different pieces of it and work and working on on it and i've um started by working on the uh the watch os and os 10 uh, changes that are coming now we're pre- we're assuming that they're coming on monday don't know for sure um, but i thought i could run through some of those and maybe even hit some of the highlights on um, ios even though uh, that's Federico's territory. Uh, th- but, I'd, I'd love it if you did, John, because if I'm honest, I think I said to you, said this to you before we started recording, but I just haven't been paying attention recently. Um, yeah, I kind of, I've kind of been getting exhausted with like keeping up with beaters and you know the new releases and things like that. So, if you could tell me what's new tomorrow, that'd be great. <laughs> Well, as I told you, the good thing is here I am recording this on the beta of OS 10. I held off until beta 6 or whatever. The mo- I think it's beta 6, the most recent beta of OS 10. Um, but And it's stable so far. We haven't crashed during the show. Um, 
it's pretty good. And OS 10 is pretty straightforward. I mean, I think a lot most of these these updates are you know bug fixes and performance imp- improvements. But there are some new features. A bunch of stuff is coming over to OS 10 that was already possible on iOS. So the the big one really is um, live photos. Oh, okay. You can yeah. So if you have a live photo, if you take a live photo with your um, 6s or 6s plus you can now uh you can now view it as a live photo either in messages or the photos app so if you sent me one rob i would get it if i looked in messages on on my mac i would see a little a little icon in the corner that looks a lot like that um it looks like a circle within a circle within a circle a little bit like a bullseye or something when you take a live photo at the top of the um the camera app on the camera app it's yellow on on os 10 it's white but you'll see a little icon that and when you hover over the picture uh it it moves um like a live photo does so you can open it up in quick view um, see it that way, or then you can shoot it over to photos, and in both places, um, it will it will um, you know do the play the video. Whereas before, what would happen is it would just look like a it would just use the the photo that kind of comes along with a live photo, so it would just be a static image. Um, one thing I did notice, which I think is probably a bug, it doesn't make a lot of sense from a um, user experience standpoint, but if you import a live photo and then re-import a live photo Uh, the second time you you bring it in it comes in as a video which i thought was strange but um yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird maybe that'll change i i tried a bunch of different things like deleting it and uh even if i deleted it and deleted it out of the recently deleted folder too it would come in as a video the second time unless I quit photos and reopen photos. So that's why I think it's a bug, probably. Yeah, that sounds like a bug to me. Um, but, you know, I think yeah. it's good that they're... Because up until now, you haven't been able to view live photos on the Mac at all. Is that right? Or is it was it just that's, messages? That's, yeah, no, it's that's correct. You couldn't see live photos at all um, anywhere. And, and this is not going to turn your live photos that you may have already saved on your Mac into live photos. I mean, I tested that too i mean i got uh i tried it on on a couple of different macs and in you have to have the new version of os 10 running before anything will and from that point forward once you install it everything will be live when you when you get a live photo right um so everybody can look forward to seeing a live photo of of uh federico's dog which uh he sent me right well i am looking forward to that now so (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there's that. That's that's kind of one big feature. The other is in um, in notes. Um, okay. Apple's kind of brought notes into parity with um, the iOS version. You can lock notes on a note by note basis. So that's a new feature too on um, iOS. Um, and so what you can do is you know you you can lock a note. There's a there's a toolbar icon of a lock. You can lock a, uh, an individual note. You don't have to lock them all. They all use one pass, one path, individual password per um, for the whole app. You don't have like different passwords for each note, um, and you can kind of unlock them all at once or one at a time, and then relock them or take the locks off. Uh, it, it's a good feature, I guess, if you're putting you know s- sensitive information in there. Um, and when they're locked, all you instead of seeing the the um, the content of your note, you just see a password. Um, a password dialogue that you put the password in and that unlocks it. I do have a question about notes. Can I yeah. can I change the font size now? 
in the new version. No. Oh, really? No. Well, you can do, I mean, you can do the thing where you highlight the text and, and increase the size, but yeah, no, there's no like preference uh, for setting a, a different default, which I agree with you 100%. It's too small. Yeah. And I'm not sure why they're doing that. It's it's pretty awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but okay, that's um, fine. That, that was, sorry, I got a bit angry there. Um, it's not your fault, John. I know it's not your fault, but uh... <laughs> I know, I know. All right, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look through here a little more and see if I have anything else. You would think that I would uh, know all this stuff off the top of my head because I wrote it yesterday. Um, oh, iBooks. iBooks has syncing now finally between iOS and the Mac for things you bring in that are not from the bookstore. In other words, PDFs and EPUBs that you bring from the outside. Right. Okay. And that's just nice because I, I find I've found myself many times like I don't know find something online like a lot of times it'll be something like the PDF version of some developer documentation off of developer.apple.com right and I'll I'll be working on my Mac and I'll throw it in there and I want to look at, refer to it later when I'm on my iPad just reading and it's not there because it it didn't sync but now it will sync. Well, there we go. That's yeah, I can see how that's useful. I mean, I think that the Kindle has kind of had that for a long time. Um, with your yeah, own documents true. so yeah it, it seems only reasonable that apple get that into ibooks yeah i mean i think ibooks has just been kind of neglected for a while um it hasn't changed much over time although they did dump um audiobooks in there i think maybe a year ago maybe when we did ios 9 or was it ios 8 i forget i completely forgot that uh, ibooks even existed on the mac if i'm honest um yeah i i use it once in a while but i i, I use it for stuff like i said like um you know developer documentation things like that i'm not like reading novels mm. on my on my on my laptop but if i am coding i might use something now and again but for example, like there's a, a a good Git book that I was reading. You know, that seems a little strange to say a good Git book, <laughs> but but we we're using GitHub now. You know, we're using Git for um, as basically a uh, version control system for all the stuff we write on Mac Stories. And I had used GitHub just for myself, just to sync um, projects between Macs. But I had not, never really dealt with other people since I do everything on my own. Um, so I had to learn some of the new stuff, you know, the branching and committing and all that stuff. That's that's where the fun really comes in, John. With Git, <laughs> yeah. T- tell me about tell me about it. We've only screwed up each other's uh, articles a few times. Yeah, if if you really want to screw something up, you need a couple of people using Git. Um, that that will that's the only way to really screw everything up. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It, you know. It's I'm very careful with it. It drives. It, it, we're kind of using a sledgehammer. Uh, to, on a little tiny nail, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it, 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 it's way too powerful a tool for for writers, but it's also such a good versioning control system that it, I mean, if we ignore all the noise and the, the stuff that's uh, developer-y, it works really well for us, so. Great. So, um, um, is there anything else exciting? I mean, that's kind of, I imagine that's pretty much everything on, on OS ten, right? Yeah, it really is. There's not, I mean, the, uh, the bug where, you know, those short, Twitter links, the t.co links, those work now. But the, the, I, I don't use Safari, so it's never been a problem for me. But no. yeah, I, I have heard about that, and I, I'm glad that's fixed for everyone who does use uh, use Safari. Yeah, that was maddening. Yeah, I can well imagine. Um, so iOS has got, I think I know a little bit more about this. We have Night Mode that's coming. Is that right? In 9.3? Yeah, it's called Night Shift, and it is a lot like um, flux, um, not quite as 
um, not quite as aggressive with the um, with you know the color temperature of the screen, but I've been using that. I've had iOS 9.3 on my phone for a lot longer than I've had um, OS 10 on my Mac or 2.2 of Watch OS on my on my watch. So I've used this a lot longer, and um, it's really solid. I, I really like Night Shift. Um, you know, I kind of would I would never really want to go back at this point. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I'm I, I couldn't be bothered to install the beta um, because I didn't want to break anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a great feature. I've, I've used Flux before, and you know, as much as I kind of complain about iOS and my phone and things like that, yeah, it would be nice to have the uh, what's it called, Night Shift. Yep, yep, night shift. It's far too early and, for uh, me, John. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, you know, fun fact about night shift is you can still take screenshots and they won't look yellow. I was a little worried about that because I do most of my writing at night. So uh, that's that's really smart. That's a nice nice way of doing it. I think. Yeah, because for a while I was turning it off, and because I assumed that it was taking, you know, it was going to look just like the screen. Um, I was turning it off in order to do screenshots, and then I forgot once and realized oh no it's actually not yellow so that's good perfect um yeah let's see what else we've got here um so night shift you can turn that on it you know it, i guess a little more about it, it it's uh it it's location and time and, and location and time based so you can set it up um just to do you know start turning on slowly as the sun goes down and then turning off as the sun goes up. Um, and then there's also a control center panel that you can, um, turn it off basically, you know, until the next sunrise or sunset, um, in the control center, which is pretty nice. Um, let's see what else, I guess the notes has changed. It's really, there's nothing really to say there other than what I said about, um, the Mac. Uh, I guess the, the difference is that to enter your password, you can use touch ID. Whereas on the Mac, you don't have that option. You have to type your password. Um, what else? I'm actually scrolling through. Um, that's just about it. I mean, they're, Oh, I know in, in music, they've now got support for lyrics. Um, if you're into lyrics, um, you have to put the lyrics in on your Mac, but they will sync over. Oh, okay. Um, if you've got already got lyrics um, on your Mac, they will come over, um, and you can do star ratings. So it, you you, t you tap on the artwork in Apple Music. I know you're not an Apple Music user, Rob. I'm not. But it'll flip the it'll flip over the artwork, and on the backside are the lyrics that you can scroll through, uh, and you can do a star rating, which those are both those are both new. Yeah, and you know they've done a few other things. There's some new 3D touch things here and there like um in settings you can get to wi-fi bluetooth and battery really fast using 3d touch um and the app store you can you know do, kick off a search or go to um update all or purchased very quickly um but that's you know that's about it i mean there's not a there's not a lot of there's a lot of little things more little tiny things like that than there are on uh, either os 10 or the watch but um not much more than that yeah i mean it makes sense because it's only a, a point release anyway um i'm sure we'll right. see a lot see a lot more stuff at, at wwdc when they uh presumably when they announce ios 10 or right ios x whatever they're going to call it maybe they'll just yeah, change it to an x but we'll call it a 10 and who knows yeah so that's ios and then watch os the watch os really only has two things um, major one is you can now pair pair multiple watches with 
one phone. Not something that most people are going to need, but I guess there are enough people who do have multiple Apple Watches that they felt it was necessary to add. Um, and then the other one is they've uh, Apple's re overhauled the map overhauled the Maps app. Um, right now, if you open up the Maps app, it um, opens up to your current location on a map. <coughs> but with the uh, new the new app, it gives you a series of buttons. It lets you either um, it gives you a home button, a work button, search, my location, and nearby. So if you go to my location, it, it's just like it was before. Sorry about that. Um, it goes, it's just like it goes was before. It goes to the map and shows you where you are. Um, home and work give you quick directions to either home or work, which is nice. Those used to be kind of buried um, in the UI. Search is pretty obvious. Takes you to the ability to do a, a dictation search for for a location and nearby is probably the coolest that's powered by yelp and so you you tap on nearby and it gives you eight categories of things like food drink shopping travel that sort of thing um, which you then drill down into and then it has subcategories for instance like food it has popular restaurants groceries that sort of thing um, and then you once you once you pick a category it'll give you a list that has the name of the location, you know, so the the Yelp rating, um, and when you tap on one of the locations, you'll often get you know um, hours of operation, a phone number, the ability to do quick directions to it, that sort of thing. Cool. I mean, actually, you saying that has kind of reminded me that the Apple Watch even has apps. Um, it, it's not something I've really been using at all. Um, I can certainly see the use for you know the maps, um, but it. Because I, I don't really have a need for that, I, I'd never open apps, John, on the watch. Do you? I mean, are you using anything? No, on that? not regularly. I mean, the, I kind of forget about them too, and I've been meaning to try to force myself to use a couple because there are a few that I like. Um, I think Drafts does a really good job, um, which is I never thought would be a big thing, but it's easy to dictate in a little bit of text, and it syncs up with Drafts on your phone, which is pretty nice. Um, this to me looks good if you're, um, you know, if you're driving somewhere and you want to quickly just get directions home and without fishing out your phone. I think that that is a it's a good use. But I'm you know I'm like you I don't use them that much really. So um, yeah, so I think that's probably it for the the roundup. I mean, you and I will pro- presumably both be watching the event, um, and if anything else crops up, then then we'll know about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm I'm not conv- you know it's I don't th- I think one reason that this software I, we don't know for for sure whether this software is going to debut at this event. So uh, anything could happen, but I think it will mainly because I don't think there's a lot to talk about at this event. I mean, new iPads are not super exciting. I don't think. Um, it, it's nice that they're updating them. It's nice that hopefully they'll get pencil support and some other things. But um, I'm not terribly excited about about um about new ipads or a small phone yeah not me neither but uh be interesting is they introduce max though because the you know the skylake is available now yeah that's true um but again even i feel like even the max are not that exciting unless you're particularly in the uh in the market for a new one yeah i'm actually trying to ignore it because last year i was i i already spent a full year with an old mac laptop trying to wait out for Skylake and I just couldn't do it anymore. So I got 
um, a new laptop last summer, you know, so almost 12 months ago Yeah. at this point. And, and I'm not going to buy a new one now, um, but, I, I, you know, the, the promise of Skylake is much better battery life because it uh, uses a lot less power. Sure. So, um, cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yep. So, um, I... Uh, I, th- I think maybe it was on Twitter that I uh, I admitted to you that I'd worked at McDonald's for three years, um, and you've you've written Mook Secrets in the notes. Now I don't know if there's anything you actually want to know. I'm sure that was just kind of a joke, but um, I, I know you. <laughs> oh well, I, you know everybody likes to know how awful restaurants actually treat the food that they're eating, right? I mean, everybody wants to know something disgusting about a place like McDonald's, don't oh, they? Oh yeah, I think everybody wants to know that kind of stuff. If I'm honest, in reality, it, it's fine. I mean, it's it's you, you get what you're paying for, but there's, there's nothing really that disgusting going on or anything like that. Which is, yeah, of course, right. that's not what people want to hear. But it's just it's just a, the, the reality is more boring than uh, than what you imagine, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a pretty sad and horrible place to work. Um, but you know, yeah, if you need a job, then it's it's pretty easy. If, I guess yeah. that's an food, advantage. Food ser- yeah, food service isn't great. I actually waited tables at a place called the Monkey Bar for like two <laughs> weeks, and it was and it was awful. It was like uh, one of these restaurants that it it regularly, you know, it was like a pub, and it was three stories, and they were pumping the beer from the basement to the second floor, and it took too much pressure, so they could they could never pour a good beer because it was always. Uh, foaming over um, because they had such they had to shoot it through with so much pressure um, and they regularly ran out of hamburger and other key ingredients that you would want for a pub for making hamburgers it was a terrible place and then the customers just took it out on people like me and I eventually just left because it was it was no fun yeah I think that probably covers most of any uh, any retail or customer customer facing job pretty much um, yeah so you you get paid very little and you get shouted at a lot. That that's pretty much exactly. It. Yep. <laughs> so um, I don't. I, this is this was kind of a joke, but the more I read it, the more I'm like, I kind of want to go just for a for a laugh. Um, this is the the National Poo Museum. Yeah, how about that? That's uh, the UK National Poo Museum, right? What what exactly is this? I have not. It's on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, so I've actually, I, I, having just read it again, or, or kind of looked at it again, so this is an exhibition by the National Poo Museum, but at a another zoo. Um, so oh. so there must be an actual National Poo Museum somewhere in the UK, I'm guessing. Um, huh. But that, they've got an exhibit uh, on, the, on the Isle of Wight, which is uh, the tiny little island uh, just on the south coast of, of the UK. Um. And they kind of this. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say it might be hard to, for you to get to this museum, but if it's not actually there, it's just an exhibition there. You might. Who knows? Maybe it's somewhere nearby. Yeah, it's. Um, the more I read it, the more it feels like it's a, a parody story, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, it, it, There's no link to the actual museum here. No, I. I but this is a legitimate <laughs> site. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So. I don't, uh, see now I'm not so sure. I, I really don't know anymore. Um, it's over Easter weekend. That's great. Yeah. 
So um, anyway, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to that if uh, anyone's interested. And if somebody wants to tell me whether this is really a legitimate news story or not. Um, oh, man. Or whether we've been had, um, that'd be great. Maybe we have been had. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it looks like a legit site. I'm, uh, I'm a little baffled by this. It strikes me as one of those synergistic things, right? They, they have a deal with all the, all, the, all the zoos across the UK. They collect their poo and they put them in an exhibit. Yeah, I guess so. I, I... And then it's a then it's a road show. It's a little bit like the circus. All right, I'm just uh, bear with me on my keyboard. National Poo Museum. Let's see if this is what happens when we don't research in advance. Yeah, we have to have Rob look things up on Google live. No, this is real. It's on Mashable as well. Oh, it must be it must be real. It's on Mashable. <laughs> well, <laughs> Rob, come on, come on. All right, that, that, come on, play nice. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, this is being reported on multiple sites. Um, the, yeah, this really is a an actual thing that's happening. All right. All right. So I like how they have this like globe filled with poo. Yeah, I, I, I assume you can't buy those at the gift shop. Uh. <laughs> if you can, I'm sure you'll have one by the end of the end of the year. Absolutely. So um, maybe mm. we should wrap it up on the on that note, John. Yeah, maybe we should. I don't know. There's not much to say about this other than I don't know who thought this was a good idea. No, I, no, neither do I. So um, okay. anyway, so uh, you can find the show notes uh, ruminatepodcast.com slash 16. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rmlewisuk. Uh, John, you're at John at John Voorhees on Twitter. That's, That's correct. J-O-H-N-V-O-O-R-H-E-E-S. I think yep. I got that right. Uh, you did. And uh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Excellent. Speak to you later, John. Okay, bye-bye.